Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that stealeth my words, every one from his neighbor. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 30. The late Catherine Kuhlman used to say, that no one can preach anything more or less than what they themselves have experienced. Herein lies the cost of real anointed revelation, that you will have to pick up your cross and follow Jesus through some experiences. In Luke chapter 14, verse 27, we read this, the words of Jesus, that whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. Prayer, intimacy, travail, crushings, following the Holy Spirit through wildernesses and Gethsemanes. If you really say, teach me, use me, send me, Lord, then God will take you through the word and through experiences that will prepare you to release that message with a full understanding of where his heart really is on it. No, it won't be easy, but it will make you love him more intently as you share in his sufferings and begin to understand him more completely. It will make the message his and not just your opinion. It will fill it with compassion and compassion is an essential element for releasing the miraculous. Because I assure you of this, that the miraculous will never flow through the compassionless. Which brings us back to our opening passage. The church that Jeremiah was speaking to was powerless. Because it was compassionless. Because that it was just stealing and repeating each other's words. And taking from people the truth of what God himself had actually told them. Because that they were not willing to follow God through the experiences needed to get the real thing. He was not their king. They were selfish and glory hungry. They wanted manna but didn't want to go into the wilderness to get it. All these thousands of years later and much of the church finds itself in this same place again. The reason that many in the current church system are so compassionless is because that they haven't experienced the messages. So they don't know God's heart on it. They're just repeating what someone else said. The anointing comes in the pressing. And the anointed message comes from experience. Experience comes when Your will is abandoned and you just follow Jesus. Not just in the moments when you need him or into what seems pleasing. No, it's a constant, continual abiding fellowship and submission to the leading of his spirit. Even into difficult situations. For example, God sent me to chase after someone who hated me. For three and a half years, giving them words, warnings, scriptures, and truths that they did not want to hear. God 
through me, fighting to save them from a sure judgment to come. Speaking from a place of love and concern, and yet being rejected, lied about, and slandered for it at every turn. All to call them to repentance before they would face this sure judgment. And eventually, God's word to me proved true. They did make it and got saved and renewed. Their sentence for sin was averted and they got a second chance. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Ultimately, this was more than the pursuit of one man. It was something that I had to experience to understand what Jesus experiences every day in his pursuit of the straying of his church before he would release me to preach that word to the world and do the same work on a much larger scale. But by the time I did, I fully knew God's heart on it. How in the big messages or in the small, this is how God teaches them all. I recently grew a garden and gave away many vegetables to friends, to family, to the church congregation. I did a good thing, giving to the body and to those in need. Then I lost my beloved pet, raised up in my own house, that was so very dear to me. Yet I had to say, Lord, thy will be done. You can have her if you want. And he released me to preach on Cain and Abel. Now I really knew why one was a sacrifice and one was not. Now I understood God's heart. This is not something strange or specific to me before God would release Hosea to preach to Israel about how they were playing the harlot, cheating on God and breaking his heart. He first had to marry a prostitute, be cheated on himself, and then give everything to redeem her back again. Only after experiencing this could he rightly relay the message with clarity, severity, and compassion. The disciples of Christ could not just be could not be released to just preach what Jesus had told them. They had to go through and experience and get the full revelation. They had to fully comprehend God's faithfulness, not just from an intellectual, theoretical standpoint, but from an actual experiential knowing. David had to face bears and lions to save his flock before he could face Goliath to save God's. Moses had to sit for 40 years leading sheep through his own wilderness before he could lead God's people through theirs. You don't learn to carry an anointed message in a Bible college, a weekend conference, the internet, or from plagiarizing someone else's message. It is birthed through experience. And you follow the Holy Spirit into a wilderness. And if you stay with him through the trials and temptations of it, you then come out of it in power and in anointing that you don't just know the word of God you know the God of the word you don't just know what the word means to you you know what it means to him because you in some small way 
were willing to walk through it with him. You weren't just willing to listen. You were willing to experience. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 9, we read this, Oh, that we should be found of him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. Which implies just understanding the words, the letters, but which is through faith in Christ, right? By trusting what he says and following its leading. That righteousness is the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if that by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. In other words, Paul was saying that whatever experience God wants me to go through, even if he calls me to go through the sufferings that Christ did so that I can better understand who he really is, then I will do it because nothing can compare to the glory which shall be revealed to us. Everything is worth it if it means I have a place at the resurrection with my Jesus. Peter tells us the same thing in a different way in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, saying, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you, as though some strange thing has happened unto you, but rather rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers in the sufferings of Christ, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now, we will never fully understand what Christ went through, but these little experiences do help us to better comprehend and how much greater will it be when we see him glorified, when we understand the depths of what he went through to redeem us, how much grander when we see others make it into the kingdom, when we understand the price that was paid for our and their redemption. In Romans chapter 8, verse 17, it says, And if we are the children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ Jesus, if so be that we have suffered with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Oh, my friend, it will definitely all be worth it. It says those that endure till the end, they shall be saved. That means that this road, this walk of faith will not always be easy or pleasing. There are experiences that we're going to have to go through. We're going to have to follow him through wildernesses and Gethsemanes. But if we don't give up, if we endure to the end, if we keep trusting and putting our faith in him, if we keep listening and obeying and moving forward, in faith, then eventually we're going to get through those dark days to the resurrection. Lord, we pray today for faith and for endurance. Help us to understand the truth of your word and to know that you loved us enough to go through some very real experiences and that we ought to love you enough to pick up our cross and follow after you, Jesus, no matter where it leads us. Let us not try to give you Cain sacrifices, things that don't really cost us. Oh, the little shallow lessons that we learn, they're okay in the beginning, but there comes a point where we have to put away childish things and be willing 
to follow you out into the deep. You won't let us drown. You're a faithful king. You won't let us down. You'll crown us with glory. Now, don't get me wrong, not every experience is gloom and doom. We have to understand and be able to portray with all truth and clarity the joy of the Lord and how it is our strength to truly know that he joys over us with singing, that he loves us unconditionally, that he is a God of mercy, grace, and forgiveness, that he loves to give good gifts to his children. The experiences of God are amazing, and the good far outweighs the bad. And ultimately, just like everything else in life, when you look back, it's not the difficult times that you really remember. It's the glory and the fellowship and the victories and the joys of those experiences. But I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to always be just the fragrance of roses. Sometimes there's going to be thorns and crushings because there's a process. You see, the truth is this. The modern church doesn't often talk about it anymore, but, but in the old times they understood that there was salvation and there was justification and there was sanctification and then there was glorification. Salvation is when we are saved, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, redeemed, brought into the kingdom, delivered from the bondage of that old enemy, justification is when Jesus pays our price and gives us access to the throne room of grace, when he takes the cup of wrath for us and gives us a place at his side in his kingdom. Those things are both complete and total sovereign works of God and they happen instantly, but then there's sanctification. That's a process that takes place through our lives and we do have a responsibility, a part to play in that. That's where we leave Egypt behind, the things that need to be stripped away. Because in salvation and justification, God gives things to us. He gives us his blood. He gives us his grace. He gives us an inheritance. But in sanctification, we have to give something away. We have to give up the flesh. We have to give up our logic, our pride, our independence. Throughout our life, he is perfecting us so that in the end, we can be glorified. And raised with Christ, given glorified bodies and a place in his eternal kingdom, purposes, kingship, the promises of Abraham. You can look at it like this. When the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, taken out of the bondage from being under the control of that evil Pharaoh, that was like our salvation. And then when they were taken through the sea, that's like a baptism that caused the enemy to be left behind them as they moved forward. That was like justification. But then they go into the wilderness and begin a process that's like sanctification. In that wilderness, God began to lead them and to teach them. And they had to come into agreement and submission to what he was speaking. They had to be willing to shed the things that they had taken on in Egypt to prepare them to go into the promise. And the few that actually made it and crossed over that Jordan, that's like glorification. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let God take you through the experiences that are necessary to teach you the lessons that will bring the blessings that will last for eternity. Don't die in the wilderness because you become rebellious, because you lose faith. Remember, Jesus said that most didn't make it in because of unbelief. They had the faith to leave Egypt, but they didn't have the faith to keep following God's instructions through the sanctification 
process because they couldn't bring Egypt into promise. Let God finish the work that he started in you. He is faithful to do it if you stay on the potter's wheel, if you abide, if you endure unto the end and surrender your pride to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Do what Jesus did. He gave us the example when he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. You have to let your will die. Let his come alive through you. Whatever he says, do it. The experience has a purpose. Let it sanctify you. Because he is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. Not a lazy, selfish, self-willed backslide. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.